Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 dennis prager here thanks for listening to the daily dennis prager podcast to hear the entire three hours of my radio show commercial free every single day become a member of PragerTopia. you'll also get access to 15 years worth of archives as well as the daily show prep subscribe at PragerTopia.com. I'm picking up good vibrations. She's giving me the excitations. We hope to offer good vibrations and give you some type of excitation on today's Dennis Prager Show. Hey, everybody, how are you? Mark Davis, I hope a semi-familiar voice filling in for Dennis. I have done it many times, and it has always been a joy, and I expect the same to happen today. Um, I'm going to be bringing a lot of joy, bringing a lot of trepidation, bringing a lot of things to talk about, and plenty to discuss at 1-800-PRAGER-76. It's just a a joy to be here at all times, and anytime I'm here, uh, filling in for Dennis, uh, obviously everything Dennis at DennisPrager.com, DennisPrager.com, make sure that you are there. And we are... um, at a fascinating time, just a fascinating time. And so as this week comes to an end, my goal, and, and I've just finished my, there's no better preparation for the, uh, uh, for, for the Dennis Prager show. And I'm, what's that? One, eight Prager, seven, seven, six, I mean, at 800, too many digits, too many doggone digits. One, eight Prager, seven, seven, six. Don't confuse people right out of the box. Fill in boy. And so what I've just finished doing is my own show right here on 660 AM, The Answer, in uh, hot, thriving Dallas-Fort Worth. And it's, it's boy, oh boy, did we have a time this morning. So anytime I'm here for Dennis, I'm enlightened, <laughs> energized, and, um, and fascinated by the kind of back and forth that I've had with my own audience here in Texas. Interestingly, as many of you know, if you're driving around uh, listening to The Dennis Prager Show on your local affiliate, wherever it may be, whether it's 6:60 a.m., the answer here in uh, uh, in in DFW, the answer station in L.A., the answer stations in New York, uh, many much of the listening is done via app and done through smart speakers and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, meaning that uh, local radio is is kind of a, an ever changing concept because I have for my whole career been in various locales from Washington, D.C. to DFW to Jacksonville to Memphis, et cetera, et cetera. But now I can sit here in North Texas and have listeners, you know, from Alaska to Indonesia because of of this crazy online phenomenon. And, of course, the video phenomenon, Salem News Channel. Make sure you hop on there, SalemNewsChannel.com, and you can watch the spectacle. So everybody can be anywhere. And this very morning, I had all kinds of folks, obviously from here in Texas, but also elsewhere in the country, weighing in on the various things that were on my mind this morning. So let me lay out what some of those are. You may add to the symphony at one 8 prager Seven seven six one eight Prager seven seven six, and as we share thoughts, let's keep in mind that if there's anything that I kept coming back to time and time and time again, it is that it is April. It is April of the year before the election, and there is something. There's there's a part of human nature that involves obsessing about the now. 
obsessing about this week, today, this month. Look at this poll number that happened yesterday. Surely that'll never change. Uh, when all, the only thing that's true and in, in, in guaranteed in life is change. Now, does that mean that there's enough room, uh, enough latitude uh, for DeSantis to catch Trump? I don't know. That's a formidable lead that Trump has right now. It's the kind of lead that tends not to vanish. Uh, but are there so many moving parts and so many variables? And then one that's interesting right here in the Salem family, did everybody catch Larry Elder announcing for president uh, last night on Tucker Carlson's show? I did. Larry is a longtime friend of mine, obviously was a colleague of mine. I've been in the Salem barn here for about 12 years and uh, about 10 years, excuse me. And, uh, and, and Larry, of course, is just, is, is just legendary in the talk show world and ran this magnificent campaign uh, for governor of California. Now, it's California, so Larry was not going to win, dare I say, but it was so noble and so great and attracted so many people and did so much better than a lot of people thought and so much better than a whole lot of other Republicans could have done, and it's because Larry is a fighter. And the Republican Party, the Trumpified Republican Party, requires... Fighters absolutely requires them. This is why I wonder why in the world Mike Pence is even thinking of running. And God bless Mike Pence, a, g- a good man. Vice President Pence is is a, a, a wonderful American, a strong Christian, a, a good conservative on so many things. I know we can talk about you know whether he was up to the task on January sixth. We can you know, do that if you want to do that for the five hundredth time. But I got nothing against Mike Pence. But there is precisely zero. Uh, constituencies, a, a massive constituency, a, mav, a mass broad uh, desire to have Mike Pence be president of the United States. And I would think someone close to him would tell him so, so that he could not waste a lot of his time and a lot of his money and a lot of other people's money running for a nomination that he has absolutely no chance of getting. Uh, Mike Pompeo has said that he is out. Nikki Haley is in. Now, this doesn't mean that there is no reason for somebody to run for president except those who have a plausible chance of winning. Some folks, they won't admit this, they won't tell you this, some folks are uh, running for running mate, or at least that's the way it's going to be. Once we get to the end of this trail, about a year from now, it might take a little longer, you remember in 2016, it took Donald Trump until the Indiana primary in the first week of May, I want to say, uh, to to dispatch his one remaining uh, rival out of what we have, 15 or 16 to begin with. I don't think we're going to have that uh, this time out. Um, and, and then after that, it was Trump, and everybody knew that it was Trump, and, and off we go. Uh, as we take a look at, at how this plays out, if it's, let's say, it's April, May of next year, and we have our, we have our nominee, and, let, and let's say that it is Trump, okay? Uh, and let's say that Nikki Haley or, or Tim Scott has run a, just a superb and honorable race, and maybe they've long since, maybe a couple of weeks or a couple of months earlier, folded up their campaigns because they simply were not going to be the nominee. Uh, maybe Trump or whoever the nominee, or DeSantis, whoever it happens to be, takes a look at one of the, at a former rival. We tend to like when former rivals join up and make peace and let bygones be bygones and unite for what Republicans ultimately have to be about, and that is beating Democrats. And this was a lot of the concern 
this morning. This was a ton of the concern this morning about Trump v. DeSantis is that once if these guys are going at each other and being all scrappy and there's a lot of blood on the walls, could there be enough healing you know, where everybody would all the if DeSantis winds up, uh, you know, catching and surpassing Trump with the Trump people, uh, you know, go off in a huff and say, you know, we're never going to vote for that DeSantis guy after what he said about our guy. And would they then be helping Biden win? Well, the short answer is, of course, they would. Would DeSantis's people, if they just can't find their way to wrap their brains and their hearts around Trump, if Trump wins, uh, would the DeSantis people go, no, I, I wasn't for him at the beginning and I can't be for him now. Then we're going to be having conversations like I had with a lot of people in 2016 who could not handle Trump. For some, just a little too spicy or just a little too controversial, a little too different, a little too unnerving. Uh, and and I, I heard from person after person after person after person, they had been for Cruz or they had been for Christie or they had been for Ruby or they had been for whomever. And, and, and Trump was the guy. The Indiana had come and gone. Trump was the only guy left. He was going to be the nominee. Heck, I got these calls after the convention. Where was our convention? Cleveland that year? And, and I, it's like, yeah, Mark, uh, I just can't back Trump. Oh, really? Why not? And then they'd give me something about the stupid Billy Bush tapes or something about a mean tweet or something about something. And then I would confront them with the immutable truth. I'd say, okay, okay. Does that mean that a Hillary presidency is okay with you? Oh, no, no, no. That would be the devil's work. That would be an asteroid hurtling toward the earth. No, no. Well, I'd say, well, listen, then get over yourself, pull your head out and vote for Trump. You have no choice. He might not have been your guy. But now he's the only guy. And that's going to be the case in, in 2024. Next year, at about this time, when we're in the you know, third week of April in 2024, we may be done. Trump may have dispatched everybody. I think if DeSantis does semi-miraculously wind up nosing Trump out, it'll take all the way to May, uh, to, to May and maybe even June. And one main premise I'm going to offer you today is I have no idea how that's going to go. And you don't either. You may have an idea how you want it to go. You may be all in for Trump and only his return will satisfy you. I get it. You may be all in for DeSantis. Thank God for Trump and every day of his presidency, but eh, time to turn a page. I get that too. I have absolutely, I'm my fame. It's now famous. Guess here's the catchphrase. You ready? I'm letting the game come to me. And I highly recommend that for you. That doesn't mean that I'm trying to peel you away from already jumping in for DeSantis or, or never uh, you know, detaching yourself from your constant love for Trump. Go with your guy by all means. But I will tell you there's one thing that's, that's a little weird in the water right now is the notion that DeSantis shouldn't even run. What? What? Who, who doesn't want that choice? I mean, maybe, listen, maybe you're all, all in for Trump and DeSantis is a good, nice, shiny object, blah, blah, blah. But uh, you have no interest. That's fine. But give people the choice. Let's see what that choice will look like. And when we come back, we'll take a look at the prospect of Tuesday where it looks like Biden's actually going to run. Holy cow. Mark Davison for Dennis. Stick around. We've got much more to come. 1-8-Prager-776. Give us a call. Natural disasters. Airline cancellations and runway near misses, supply chain issues, inflation, rising interest rates, and sky-high government debt. This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion. 
There's a lot in the news about what consumers cannot control. So let's talk about what you can control. You can control how you choose to invest and protect your wealth. That's why I choose to do business with Nick Grovich and his company, AmFed Coin and Bullion. Now is a great time to own tangible assets like gold, silver, and platinum. With over 41 years experience and tens of thousands of satisfied clients, Nick will help you make informed decisions and show you smart choices, which have been proven winners time and time again. Amfed Coin and Bullion will sell you the right types of precious metals to get the maximum value for your money. Take control of your investments like I did. Call Nick and his team at Amfed Coin and Bullion at 800-221-7694. AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. It's the Dennis Prager Show for this Friday, 21st of April. Mark Davis filling in. So the notion of Biden actually running for re-election is something that I've approached in the following way. I'll believe it when I see it. I, I always held out some nugget of doubt that he would even run because dude is 80 and looks 90 and acts 120. And, and surely maybe even Jill should get with him and say, honey, there, there's ice cream on the porch. Let's whittle. Let's let's just do what 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 people usually do. Uh, let's look back at an amazing career. You got to be president. That's awesome. But running again, campaigning. Of course, Biden showed us that you can campaign from your basement and win. Or did he? You know, I know that's another whole talk show. Uh, when you take a look at at the various things that are at play in twenty four, can can Biden run from his uh, from the basement or from his campaign HQ? His announcement on Tuesday will absolutely. Absolutely be via video. There's no way in the world that he's going to go. They're going to put him up in front of even a, a crowd of 10,000, uh, you know, screaming fans. If they can find 10,000 of them, it's going to be a very safe multi-takes. Let, let's see. Let's sit him down. Let's get him through some sentences coherently. Let's see if we can actually have him make sense for, for 60 seconds, enough time to say, yes, I am running for re-election, and then just sort of see how this goes. Let me hop some calls because i got some thoughts about Biden running again, some thoughts about uh, DeSantis and Trump and and the other Republicans, and about just how this all plays out. They asked Democrats, was this in New Hampshire? It's a University of New Hampshire survey center, uh, about their first, of Democrats' first choice. Because one of the things we'll talk about today is the intriguing candidacy of Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Bobby's son, who I guess is like 59 or so, uh, is... Um, no, 69. Gosh, because he would have been about 14 when his father was killed in 1968. Uh, positively youthful by Biden standards. Um, he gave his announcement speech the other day in front of actual people uh, and uh, had some things to say about Ukraine that a broad sector of people could agree with. Uh, RFK Jr. has brought a certain amount of uh, <laughs> RFK Jr. was anti-vax before anti-vax was cool. <laughs> in, in the pre, yeah, he's one of these guys basically been telling you all the vaccines are giving your kids autism. Yeah, not so much. But on COVID, it makes his hesitancy and his skepticism and you know, whatever attitude you want to bring it or call it uh, that's in line with a lot of what um, of what uh, what Republicans. We're saying so. It's the the RFK Jr. candidacy is, shall we say, interesting. I have a feeling it's going to be an interesting get together. So, Mike, let's go to Detroit. Say hi to you. Hi, Mike. Mark Davison for Dennis. How you doing? 
Oh, hi, Mark. Yeah, you know, you know, people need to keep in mind, first and foremost, what we're dealing with here. You know, we're dealing with a Democratic Party that, um, you know, practice uh, mass incarceration, you know, uh, without trial. Uh, the Stalinist show trials, you know, the January 6th trial was a Stalinist show trial, and the, Demo the, the defendants weren't even uh, present. They were in prison, you know, and you had the FBI, uh, Gestapo tactics, you know, and, you, and the New Green Deal fraud, you know, a redistrib redistribution of the wealth and political yep. power from the people that owned it back in, into their own hands. And you can, you, look, you can look at stacking the court and every dirty trick they played. This is a criminally corrupt, politically corrupt, personally corrupt. You know, please don't uh, sexually mutilate our children. That would be nice. And so now we're talking. If we're making a list, and, and abs Mike, thanks. If we're making a list, every election is about two things, two broadly defined things. If I'm running against you, I have two jobs. Tell you why it's a good idea to vote for me and tell me why voting for you is a bad idea. Uh, Mike just went through a number of things that are absolutely true of the left, absolutely true of Democrats. And and there are some of the things on that list are things which will energize our own people, Biden crime family style stuff. Uh, we're, we're the you know, Republicans are the only ones who care about the border. But in reaching out and getting some independence, which is what Trump needed in 2016 and what we're always going to need moving forward is to energize not just hardcore conservatives, but to energize some people who might not be that ideologically wired. And the way you do that is not by fudging on your conservatism, not by moving to the mushy middle, no, 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 but by showing independent voters the insanity of voting Democrat. And there are the, the two big things on that to me are gender and crime. The majority of Americans do not believe that a man can become a woman. They simply don't. And today's Democrat Party doesn't just believe that, but believes that you are the problem, that you are the hate monger, that you are the devil, that you are the uh, are, are the scourge if you believe in the definitions of gender defined by science and created by God. I think that is a loser in 2024, as is their incredible per permissiveness on crime. Uh, today's Democrat Party does not, in fact, believe uh, so much that people should be um, uh, punished for breaking the law anymore. So uh, I don't think that's going to go over well, and I think we need to, uh, to tie things like that to them like an anvil uh, every day in, uh, in 2024. Artie, in Kentucky, John. Hi, Mark Davis in for Dennis. How you doing? Welcome. I'm doing good, Mark. Thank you for having me on. Sure. Uh, I'm 72 years old, and I am a Trump supporter, and I will be voting for Trump. Uh, but the Republican Party needs something... <laughs> Uh, we need to do something different this time. Uh, I do live in Kentucky, and they're getting ready to have thunder over Louisville. I don't know if you've ever heard of that or not. What is but it? That's what, we, that's what we need. We need thunder in our uh, election this time, okay? What, what, what is thunder over Louisville? That's where they have this magnificent fireworks show, and the, uh, the, the Air Force is involved in it. I mean, it's oh. really it's been going on for 20 years. I didn't know if you knew about Thunder over Louisville, but anyway, no. my, point, my point is um, the Senate is the good guy, and if Trump wasn't running, I'd vote for him. Mm -hmm. So my suggestion is, and I've asked God to give me a lot of wisdom, okay, and my thought is, Mr. DeSantis, I'll just set this one out, Mr. Trump 
ought to have Mr. DeSantis as his vice president. Now, that would be like thunder over Louisville. Well, it would be, it'd be, it'd be thunder all over the place. DeSantis has no interest in being anybody's running mate. Uh, it's just not going to happen. There's one way that it happens, and that's if they have a primary battle. They're the last two guys running. Trump it wins like he did over Cruz in the last the last uh, primary that that matters, and then turns to him and says, "Ron, it's been a tough battle, but we, you know, let, let's do some important work together." And DeSantis grudgingly says, "Yes." The notion that DeSantis needs to sit this one out is is something I just can't buy. If Trump's fate is to win, then it is to win. If he has the kind of 15, 20, 30 point leads that he has now, he may keep them. If he doesn't, then there's a reason. It's, it, it means that people wanted to turn the page toward DeSantis. I don't know how many people want to do that. It may not be that many, but I want conservatives to have that choice and I want them to have it now. Yes, and, and one thing, Mark, I will agree with. Whoever wins the nomination, I will vote for him. Okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That, that, that's, that's so, so vital. Because so, I remember 20, all those 2016 calls I talked about. Whereas, you know, uh, we've got to unite, no matter how messy things are. we got to unite and surround her. Because our nominee will be the one human being that can prevent four more years of Joe Biden. Mark Davison for Dennis. Be right back. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free offer with promo code Prager. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listeners square to the buy one, get one free offer. Enter promo code Prager or call 800-761-6302 to get your MyPillow 2.0 now. Friday Dennis Prager Show. Mark Davis filling in from uh, North Texas here in uh, hot, happy, thriving DFW. As we get ready to hop back to some more of your calls at one eight Prager seven seven six, looks like Biden is running. Holy cow! He'll uh, he'll roll that out on Tuesday, whatever that'll look like. So my questions for you include: A, does this mean he is the definite presumptive Democrat nominee? It is hard to primary an incumbent president. Ask everybody that tried to take out, uh, you know, Bush 41. Ask the folks who, you know, tried to you know, run against Biden. I mean, it's uh, it, it, when you're the, in, in, you know, uh, well, that, of course, was the incumbent vice president. When you're an incumbent president and you're, you know, uh, when people are looking to primary you, uh, that, that, that's that's a tough bridge to cross. So does that uh, does that mean that? Uh, but, but these are this is a very different type of incumbent. Biden is not particularly popular, maybe not even in his own party. And again, in a minute, I'll give you the, the, the big long list of uh, who some of the Democrats in a poll said their first choice was. One of the names may surprise you and may you may start to write a bad political novel in your head based on uh, based on one of those names. All right. One eight Prager seven seven six. Let us work our way over here to Northridge, California. And Steve, that is you. Welcome. Mark Davison for Dennis. Happy Friday. How you doing? Yeah, hi, Mark. Thanks for uh, sitting in today. So my, my worry is I don't think Trump can win the general election because 
He lost last time. What's going to change this time? I, I just don't see a well, path for a, him to I win. Can hear, I, can hear, I can hear a million people saying, did he, did he? Uh, and your, your point, you have a strong point in the following way. And that is when it comes to politics, people sometimes ask, what's the last thing you did? A lot of people talked about Sarah Palin coming back and being a running mate for somebody. And people said, yeah, but the last thing you did was lose. And it's never good when the last thing you did was lose. This may be one of the rules that Trump breaks. Uh, the, 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 the squirrely circumstances of that loss are still so burned into the brains and hearts of so many people. Do you know how many people there are right now that would walk through fire and crawl on broken glass to right the wrong of 2020? So that, that may subvert what you offer, which usually is logic, that when the last thing you did is lose, I mean, ask Nixon. You can indeed come back from that. But Trump may be a particularly special case. Yeah, maybe. I just, for me, I mean, I'll, I'll vote for whichever Republican is on, but I think mm-hmm. Sanders could beat, could beat Biden. I just don't see Trump doing it because of... Like I said, the past and and a lot of baggage, and he's turned some people off. And I just I want to win. I want to. Yeah, I, win. I, I'm not. I'm not pro or th- thank you, man. I'm not pro or anti Trump. I'm not pro or anti DeSantis. I am pro winning. Let us roll to St. Petersburg, Florida, and Phil. That is you. Hey, whoa, hang on a second. Let me make sure that. Uh, boop. All right, that's a that's a little weird. Hang on a minute. Hmm. That's uh, not here. There we go. Okay. Hi, Phil. Mark Davis in for Dennis. How are you doing? Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. I love it when you sub. I like, like hearing from you. Uh, I've been Thanks. following politics since uh, Stevenson ran against Keith Alford in the 1956 convention. Wow, that's awesome. Exactly. First time I voted was for Gold War. But let me tell you something. I've left several messages to Mike Gallagher. I think they've shut me off on voicemail. There is no way DeSantis will ever run as vice president under Trump. You know that. Correct. It's common Correct. sense. He's just not going to do it. It's not in his DNA. He's not going to tie his... True. I, I, I mean, at least not, not... I mean, a lot of people want Trump to, to call DeSantis now and say, let's have a unity ticket and form it right now. There's no way in the world that DeSantis does that. No. Um, no. Yeah, let me. I've got to scoot like thirty seconds, so let me thank you enormously for the call. Uh, but again, after a, a big, you know, bloody mano a mano primary, and they're the last two guys standing, is it possible that Trump turns to DeSantis and says, "Hey, it's been tough, but clearly we're the, we're two people that America wants. Why don't you run with me?" That's not out of the question. Uh, we'll we'll just see, like so many other things. Mark Davis in for Dennis. One eight Prager seven seven six. Stick around. Did you know that close to 90% of pharmaceuticals in the U.S. are produced outside of the U.S.? So what happens when the next global crisis strikes? Countries clamp down on exports, they stockpile, the prices of drugs rise, and the pharmaceutical shelves in America are empty. That's where the Wellness Company can help. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit holds eight life-saving medications that every American should keep in his or her home. If you have Tylenol, you should have this kit. The kit contains antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics like amoxicillin, ivermectin, z and more. It also includes a 22-page guidebook with instructions on safe usage. From benign tick bites to extreme bioterror events, every scenario is covered. Head to twc.health Prager and grab your medical emergency kit. That's twc.health Prager. Code Prager to save 10% at checkout. This is the emergency kit that you want to have on hand. Be safe, be prepared, and stay well. Kits are only available in the USA. It'd be nice to live together, be the kind 
nice if we were older. Certainly timely as we take a look at the Biden announcement for re-election coming up perhaps on Tuesday. Uh, is it possible for him, in fact, to be older? Uh, yeah. Well, well, I'll tell you what. So let, let's talk about somebody who's older, who still has a certain impact at the Democrat Party. And I also mentioned that there is somebody in this poll out of the University of New Hampshire Survey Center, and it's not just about New Hampshire, it's across the country. They asked Democrats, who's your first choice for 2024? Let me run through a couple of those. We'll add that to the tapestries of conversation. Mark Davis in for Dennis here from Dallas, Fort Worth, where we are loving life and loving Texas. And wherever you are, uh, we love you, too. So grab a line at 1-8-Prager-776, 1-8-Prager-776. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Davis, M-A-R-K Davis. Appreciate hearing from you. Always appreciate being here. So we have a landscape in which we as Republicans... Have some interesting choices to make. There's Trump gobbling up an enormous amount of the oxygen, and deservedly so. There's DeSantis on the periphery right now. Might be about to announce. He said he wouldn't say anything until after the Florida legislature completes, until they adjourn. And that's, I think, it begins the second week of of May. So they'll go through the first week of May. So we're we're still a few weeks away, a couple weeks at least, from a DeSantis announcement if we get one. And then we get to see whether this guy lives up to the hype. He either will or he won't. I'm not, I, I do not know how that will go. Neither do you. Uh, as such, I don't know. I, I have a certain curiosity. Some of y'all don't. A lot of the folks who are all in for Trump, and by the way, God bless you if you're all in for Trump, for some reason fear the choice. Surely it's not you're not confident in your guy, is it? If, if Trump is the greatest thing since sliced bread, there was just plenty of arguments that he is, he should be able to dispatch DeSantis with relative ease, shouldn't he? Uh, the the other fear that's a little weird is that if DeSantis does walk into the Trump buzzsaw, he will somehow be damaged for life and he'll never be able to be our president because everyone will remember what happened in 2024. Guys, have you met America? Are you aware of our that we have the attention span of a flea? So uh, I, I, I ain't worried about that. I don't fear the choice. I don't fear the contest. Uh, I'm thrilled. But you know what now with the with Larry Elder's announcement on Tucker Carlson last night? And let me talk about that for a little bit here in a minute, too. Uh, we have three absolute guaranteed proven fighters who look like, well, we have two now, uh, and that's Trump and Elder. And if uh, DeSantis gets in, we'll have three. Look at that. Three actual proven fighters uh, in the race. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing for conservatives. It's a good thing for Republicans. It's a, it's a good thing for America. Don't fear it. Uh, could it get messy and awkward and weird? Sure, it could. We'll do fine. The, the only thing that's going to be a problem, and I can help with this in, in my little show that I have here in Texas or anytime I'm here, is to just make sure that we keep our eyes on the prize. That once the primaries are done, and about a year from now they will be, you know, April, May, if it might take into June, if things are particularly close, that once, once we have a nominee, it will be vital to unify behind that nominee. Okay, Democrats, get a load of this. They asked a bunch of people, let's see, 700 likely voters, uh, your, who's your first choice? Your first choice. How do you think Biden did? 25%. He, he's at the top of the list. However, <laughs> everything's relative. <laughs> uh, 25% for your sitting president? What? Uh, so here he comes. Second place? Making Biden look, well, not making him look youthful, but on the calendar at least. One year older than Biden at 17%, Bernie Sanders. Okay, 
Biden 25, Sanders 17. Guess who's everybody else has single digits except for one person who comes in at 10 percent. Guess who she is? Wait for it. Wait for it. This is either a bad political novel uh, to even think about this, or it is something that we really need to think about and really need to be concerned about. She's finally proud of America. It's Michelle Obama. Now, you may laugh. <laughs> you may drive the car off the road. Don't do that. I, I've talked about this for years. The notion that the former first lady wants to get back into the bubble. My gra- If you take a look at her book, her book tour, her pronouncements, her activism, it smacks of someone who wants back in the game, who enjoyed being a big deal and enjoy. And by the way, who doesn't enjoy being a big deal? I, I, I'm blaming her for that. Um, I, I, I think this is something she might have some interest in. So my prayer is that Barack has no interest in it. He's been there, honey, been there, done that. Nope, 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 nope. Please let that be the case. Please let Barack Obama, let him enjoy windsurfing with Richard Branson every day and enjoy it so much that he just, uh, I, I, mean, I don't know, but what, forbids her? Does, does the marriage work that way? Draws a line in the sand? Does the relationship work that way? And listen, I don't think anybody should run for president with a spouse that profoundly objects. That's never, never a good idea, which means I hope that Melania is on board. I, I, I think she is. I hope she is. Um, so anyway, so Michelle Obama. Now, why is this even a thing? Uh, first of all, Democrats, they miss Obama. Please understand how much they miss Obama. Some of y'all are listening. I appreciate so much on the show that I do or when I'm here for Dennis. There are people listening who don't agree with me or Dennis about anything, and you listen anyway, and I appreciate that enormously. Uh, so let me have a Democrat who would love Michelle Obama to run, and I'll, I'll prove it to you. One eight Prager seven seven six. Because I know why you would. It brings the Obamas back into the bubble. Because with Michelle, you you get Barack. He'd be back. Um, and the reason Democrats miss him, especially now, is he could complete a sentence, and so can she. And she's not ninety. And um, and here's the dirty little secret: she would be harder to beat than you think. Because what's the first thing that occurs to you? Michelle Obama, what? I mean, yeah, she was first lady. That's Yes, that's a thing. But in terms of actual experience or real world, uh, you know, uh, job skills pertinent to the presidency, none of that matters. None of that matters. Uh, I mean, and honest, really, honestly, Trump had never had any elected office experience. We just wanted him. We wanted him badly. So, and we got him, and thank God, and a whole lot of people want him again, and we may get him again. So, it's it's not laughable. Uh, it's not like she's, you know, I almost said coming off a TV show. <laughs> uh, it, it's she she was first lady. She you know knows a thing or two as a result of that, and um, real easy to weaponize any criticism of her. Anything, anybody coming after Michelle Obama is a racist and a misogynist. It's racism and sexism if you come after Michelle Obama. That is some high-gauge uh, high, high Teflon wrapped around her. Um, the good news here is that there is zero evidence right now that she has any interest in running. And for the most part, people who are interested in running are starting at least to do exploratory committees, starting at least to... Um, 
make a noise or two, talk to a supporter or two, talk to a fundraiser or two. So right now there's no indication that Michelle Obama is interested in running for president. Please, Lord, let that remain the case. All right, you want the single-digit brigades? Uh, Biden, 25, Sanders, 17, Michelle, 10. Uh, among among Democrats, who's your first choice for 2024? 9% Pete Buttigieg, 8% Elizabeth Warren, 4% AOC, 4% Amy Klobuchar, 3% Gavin Newsom, 2% Kamala. Wow. 2% for the sitting vice president. 2% RFK Jr., 2% Gretchen Whitmer, 1% Stacey Abrams. Sorry, I didn't mean to chuckle. 1% Raphael Warnock, 1% Marianne Williamson. Other 2%, don't know, not sure, 8%. And this was, when would this have been? This was taken, poll taken, da, 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 April 13 to 17. So we'll call it last week. Uh, and this goes along with every other poll that we've been talking about in terms of, of um, how things can change. Of course, things are going to change. Biden's prospects will either rise or fall based on his ability to complete sentences in the English language, stay awake during campaign appearances, or whether he's able to, even able to make campaign appearances at all. His announcement on Tuesday apparently will be on video which is simply an admission that he can't get out in front of a crowd of people and be trusted to even complete a sentence that says I'm running again. How in the world is that going to work out? All right. Got some thought. We've been running through thoughts about this. I also have some thoughts about environmental extremism on this earth day. I love the planet. I I, I want to keep the planet as clean as possible while still providing an avenue for human productivity. Call me crazy. Call me crazy. Just call me. 1-8-Prager-776 is where you do that. Mark Davis in for Dennis Prager. DennisPrager.com for all things Dennis. And we'll see you back here in just a moment. Mark Davison for Dennis. This hits the ear a little easier than the original Screamin' Jay Hawkins version, although I got to tell you. Some about screaming Jay, especially around Halloween, that uh, that works uh, that works pretty well. Put a spell on you. One eight Prager seven seven six one eight Prager seven seven six. Let us roll to Michigan and Darren. That is you, Mark Davison for Dennis. How you doing? Hey, Mark. Great to finally get through to you. Hi. Uh, hey. Uh, just kind of going back to you know your environmental thing. Why do we need, what is it, a, a Bureau of Environmental Justice or a department when we already have the EPA that's supposed to monitor pollution and blah, blah, blah? I mean, Correct. I know that, but... We the, the the reason the notion of environmental regulations and thanks for for a great question especially on this Earth Day Eve we're going to have environmental regulations and we should have environmental regulations to some degree uh, so that we don't have you know factories that that pay no attention and just belch horrific things into uh, the the ambient water and the sky. Once we have those laws, then just obey them like other laws are obeyed and enforce them like other laws are enforced. And I just don't see necessarily the need for a massive infrastructure of environmental regulators to regulate those environmental laws in the way that we have an ATF that does guns. That's another old talk show or any one of a number of other specific law enforcement avenues. 
Uh, the balance, and I think I've said this a couple of times already, is is all of us, we all want as clean an environment as we can have while still having human productivity. It seems that some people, especially some people who are in power, just don't care about that. They just don't care about the human productivity part. They don't care about the liberty and freedom part of your consumer choice. Electric cars are are awesome. That's great. I may I may grab me a Tesla someday. I don't know. They're they're cool. Uh, I may not. Don't tell me I have to. And and don't tell me to give one dime of my money to anybody else so that they can. No subsidies of any kind. Not for electric cars. Not for solar. Not for wind. Not for any of this. We have a, a really diverse plate of things that people can have. Matter of fact, uh, if, if we got the, uh, you guys have the the video. I can, can I do this right now? Have I got time for this? Of the 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 um, interior secretary back at HQ, because this woman was. Let, let's 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 do this. Here's what can happen. What I've just described to you is sensible, right? Would you like to see rank insanity before your face? And it's from it's from somebody who's currently the interior secretary. Her name is Deb Holland, and and just let just. If enjoy is the word, enjoy these few seconds and remember that these people currently have power. Go. Um, All of this is because climate change is the crisis of our lifetime. We have an obligation to future generations to make sure that we have a planet for them to live on. And that's why I'm here. And that's why I'm working incredibly hard to make sure that we can realize that transition, that we can have differing energy sources. We can't uh, continue to um, be a one-industry country. Are you kidding me? I wish I were. I wish it were some some perverse joke. This woman is the Secretary of the Interior. I want a Secretary of the Interior that cares about pristine water and mountains and trees and and critters and all. I want all of that. But not at the expense of human productivity and and consumer choice and and the crocodile tears. Good Lord, climate change is like the existential crisis of our time. That's the stuff of insanity, kids. It's crazy. Let me give you the uh, the the climate one hundred and one just from my brain, and you can and you can agree or disagree with this. Here's the deal: planet's temperature is always going to change. Our planet, every planet. Temperature, climate, they're all cyclical. Temperature's going to go up, it's going to go down. It's going to go up, it's going to go down. When I was uh, a young lad in the 70s, you know what the main concern was? Global cooling. We were concerned that if the planet continued to cool, would we be able to grow enough food? Oh, my. Well, then the planet started to warm up again and everybody calmed down before they started to freak out again. Now, keep in mind that the global cooling concern was in the 1970s, when we had only just begun. For the first Earth Day was 1970, right? April 22nd, 1970. We had, we had spent the previous decades belching some of the worst stuff. Industrial Revolution, early 20th century, the 1920s. Just think of the 20s and the 30s. All, the imagery involves just smokestacks and foul air and just, uh, let's take... Uh, uh, Tons of stuff and just, well, where do you want to put it? How about this river? Blah. And that's it's just what you did because we just, we just didn't care. And so after decades and decades of that, we had global cooling. Now, silly me, this tells me 
that uh, man is not changing the temperature of the planet. God is. Now, the good news is there's a logic to, to environmentalism that makes sense, and that is let's solar, wind, other things, that's great, renewables, let's have as much room for them in the marketplace as there are people who want to use them. Let's have exactly as many electric cars on the road as there are people who want to buy them and drive them. Not one more and not one less. That's it, the marketplace, human desires, human choice, consumer choice, guiding every single decision. Imagine that. What I've just described is kryptonite to the left because they don't want you to have that kind of choice. They use junk science and their authoritarian instincts to try to guide you, and they will, oh, this, 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 this weekend's Earth Day coverage is going to be enough to gag a maggot. I just warn you. Uh, this, uh, I've already seen some of it. Even here in Texas, red state Texas, oh, we're going to have the biggest Earth Day celebration, and there's going to be all kinds of, uh, of, of, of uh, speakers and exhibits on environmental justice. Environmental justice? What the what is environmental justice? Well, I'll tell you what it is here in a bit. Let me just merge this in to the tapestry of things we're talking about today on the Dennis Prager Show. It is Friday. I'm Mark Davison for Dennis. So glad to be here with you. 1-8-Prager-776. Let's chat about things. Texas, even again, it's so funny here in red state, Texas, gun loving, Texas, gun toting, Texas. Absolutely. I'm a part of that down in Austin. Our legislature is meeting right now. And I tell you what we've got. There's 30 seconds on this because it's really important. Maybe it's happening in your state as well. We got this stream of grieving uh, family members from because Uvalde. Hello, that's in our state. And it was terrible. And everybody knows it was terrible in there. And, and, and the reactions to that can range. From, oh, we need more gun-grabbing laws, which is wrong no matter who says it, to grasping the harder truth, which is that we don't have a gun problem. We have a people problem. We have a society problem. And that's harder to address, takes longer, involves looking at the mirror, uh, all of us looking into the mirror, our society looking into the mirror, realizing what a terrible job we're doing raising kids, what a terrible job we're doing on mental health. And so many of these things don't involve anybody in government doing hardly anything. And that's why it's hard to get elected officials to get hip to this because they all want to hold some news conference and say, look at this wonderful new law that we passed. Look at this wonderful new you know, gun-grabbing uh, legislation that we have. So it, was, it, it can be emotional blackmail sometimes. And all I want to ever do, all I ever want to do to somebody who's lost somebody in a horrible shooting is, is hug them, love them, lift them up, pray for them, pray for healing, et cetera, et cetera. But I've had to say this a few times this week, and feel free to you know cut and paste this if you wish. If someone has suffered a horrible loss and it makes them want gun-grabbing legislation, their loss does not make them right. Okay? Um, and, and, I mean, it was, it was pervasive this past week in Austin, just all these, and it just killed me. It broke my heart, it broke my heart to see what these folks have been through. And so uh, you got to compartmentalize a little bit here. I mean, I love them. I lift them up in prayer. I pray for, for, uh, the healing and just all those things that you're supposed to do as a human being. But when a whole bunch of them, you know, once again, and here, here are the two pernicious words, we have to do something. What everybody says. Why? We, and those of us who are conservative and actually love the Second Amendment and and want to go at this in the way that will work, the way to have fewer shootings is is raise fewer crazy people. 
raise fewer dysfunctional people. Watch your kids. Pay attention to them. Pay attention to each other. Uh, have have some some uh, grown up conversations about mental health, which is just slid right off the rails in today's wheels off society. That's where the problem lies. But no, we got to do something. And whenever somebody somebody talks about doing something, what they really mean is pass more laws that make it harder for you, a law abiding gun owner, uh, to get your next firearm. And that is going to be a no, uh, no matter where it comes from. All righty, uh, let us roll to. We are. Let's. Well, let me go to somebody who's right here in my great state of Texas. Greg, Mark Davis, in for Dennis. Welcome. How are you doing? Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Mark. Uh, my surprise. Hey. I'm driving home from Stevensville to visit my son overnight at Tarleton. And I thought I'd hear some praise on the way home, and I hear my hometown buddy. Uh, it's the bonus plan. <laughs> Thank you, man. Appreciate yeah, it. So, uh, well, first off, I, I'm finishing a PhD in psychology, so I'm going to jump on this point that oh. we used to try to find middle ground, but now we have too many people whose middle has to be met versus meeting in the true middle, and no, there's no longer middle. It's my middle, not your middle. But anyway, I digress. I, but no, I but but okay, let's let's hang hang on to that for a second. Hang on to that for just a second. I I, I don't want to say I hate the middle, but the middle often is if if you have somebody who wants to take you. If you're in Chicago, and somebody wants to take you to Los Angeles, and somebody else wants to take you to New York, what's the compromise position? There isn't one. It's only you're to right. stay right where you are. I I I've, I my whole and I'm going to bog down on this, but my belief is to go all in with both feet for the the best, most muscular conservatism I can. I know I'll be met on that battlefield with people who are all in for liberalism. Let the best ideas win. And and I I, I don't send my elected officials to Washington to work with Democrats. I send them there to beat Democrats. But but take you got another 60 seconds. Go ahead. I'm just saying that common ground no longer exists. There's no, I'll give you a little so you can get a little. Did it ever? Did it? Did it ever? I mean, I guess on some things it did. I mean, uh, you know, because because I'm I'm tired of the search for common ground. Either I got conservative ground. I'm going to defend it. Liberals will, will, you know. So, uh, but anyway, I think we had another point. Go ahead. Let me give you your final thirty seconds there. I was just going to ask, um, how come like our conservative buddies in D.C. when the liberals are pushing for we can't drill. We right. can't invade this park. How come we don't tag on? The answer's the same. I, I gotta, I gotta fly. The, the answer is the same. Conservatives talk a good game on the campaign trail. Republicans do, and then they get to Washington and then tell you why they can't do the things they promised you. Back in a moment. The Dennis Prager Show. Mark Davis in for Dennis from Dallas, Fort Worth, here on Texas's own 660 AM The Answer, where I host the morning show and where before I even sat down to do today's Dennis Prager Show, I knocked out my own program and we talked about some 2024, talked about the prospects of Biden announcing on Tuesday, talked about what the Republican choices are or should be, uh, talked about uh, the environmental issues because tomorrow is Earth Day. And so we've got all of that just humming along on our phone lines at 18Prager776. So grab a hold of one of those. I will add, let me knock through a couple of people here as we begin this hour. And then I, I'm, I'm going to go there because it's just been a fascinating week where we have a guy who leaked some things, this 21-year-old man-child, 
love the military, love young people in the military. What is this kid doing with access to those kinds of secrets? That's just bizarre. And so he has these secrets. And and it's funny, he wasn't even a high-minded, self-styled uh, whistleblower a la Bradley, Chelsea, Manning, or Edward Snowden. This guy was just trying to impress uh, a bunch of... Uh, denizens of a a discord gaming server it's just blah, just all around except some people just love this guy oh the leaker is a hero because he's a truth teller um real quick we can't have individual members of the military deciding for themselves which quote unquote secrets we need to know and which ones we don't that is a path toward chaos um is there some pernicious secret that we are so ill-served by not knowing and we're being so deceived about by the people in power and that ignorance is so hazardous to us? Again, it's a lot of conditions I've laid down. Is there some situation where someone might, might be heroic in going rogue? Yeah, maybe. This is not that. Uh, my dog knows that Ukraine is not going well, uh, and anybody of any species knows that uh, by the time we get to the end of this calendar year, it's probably still a stalemate. Now, since I've started down this road, I'll give you another 30 seconds and then hop back to your calls. Here's where I've been on Ukraine. Uh, it, it is a noble concept to help Ukraine oust Putin from their soil. Are we going to succeed? I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, should we try? Sure. This calendar year of 2023, some money, jets, tanks. If we're going to do it, let's do it. Let's give ourselves the best chance of success. Biden didn't want to give him the jets. Of course, I said at one point that 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 that, that giving uh, you know Ukrainian Air Force our jets is like throwing your ten year old the keys to the car. You think he might be able to drive it? You're not quite sure. So I don't mean to be insulting to Ukrainian pilots, but hey, uh, so I, I'm not hopeful. But is it was it worth it? Sure. But by, but here's the thing, man. Exit ramp, exit ramp, exit ramp. New Year's Eve. That's it. Twelve thirty one twenty three. If 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 Putin's still in uh, in 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 Ukraine, too bad. So sad. Time to sit everybody down. And let's have us an exit strategy. Let's pressure both sides to sit down. And I know Zelensky ain't gonna want to do that. Putin ain't gonna want to do that. Maybe he wants the whole country. Well, we're going to say no to that, and Zelensky might want another, you know, trillion dollars in 47 F-16s, and we ain't going to do that either. You know what he really is going to want? And there will be Americans who want it too. Democrat Americans and some of these hawkish interventionist Republicans, they are going to want American troops. Oh, they'll never ask for American troops. Oh, no, they'll never ask for American troops. Really? There are words being used with regard to Ukraine. A vital American interest. It's not. It's an American interest. It's something I would I've just told you I would love to see Putin shown the door out of Ukraine. You got the rest of this year to do it and let's go all in and do it. But is it a vital extended American interest? Shoot. No, it's not. Putin is not Hitler. This is not 19, you know, the mid 1930s. No, I'm way I'm way more jacked up about China than I am about uh, about the Ukrainian border uh, skirmish. So uh, but but here's the deal. Uh, Edward Snowden, Bradley Manning, this kid. These are not heroes. These are scoundrels. These are traitors. 
These are lawbreakers. Period. Give me a shout. one prager 776 Okay, that starts something. Let us roll to San Antonio. Scott, Mark Davis, welcome. Happy Friday. Mark Davis in for Dennis. How you doing? Yeah, hey, Mark. How are you? I, Hi, good. Uh, yeah, good, good. I enjoy listening to you guys. But uh, one thing I've noticed with you and Mike, uh, I think you guys are, have totally misunderstood what happened in 2020. I hear a lot of people expressing concern. Can Trump get elected and so forth? You know, right. you guys run ads all day long for a gentleman named Mike Lindell, who has spent $35 million trying to figure out what happened in 2020. His team of cyber scientists know that Trump won that election by about 15 million votes. So, um, you know, the, the numbers of 2020 have never made sense to anybody. We know Trump won that election no, massively. This so the question, Scott, so Scott, what, so what do we, so, so what do we do about that now? What lessons are there? Because I am quite convinced that 2020 was not a reliable result, that there were norms shelved and rules broken on the altar of COVID panic. There were votes counted that shouldn't have been, and maybe some that should have been that weren't, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's terrible. We should work on doing better jobs in our elections in 2024. So what does this tell you? What can you tell us? Vital, important advice for 2024. What should the lesson be moving forward? Well, I, I, I think it is. I think it's hard. And I'll tell you why, because we're mm-hmm. not just facing a political party. We're facing an ideology that mm-hmm. will, you know, achieve uh, victory by any means. So now corrupting our elections is the new method of, you mm-hmm. know, achieving their agenda of gaining power. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, and one thing I remind my friends about, Mark, is don't forget the most powerful technology giants in the world are, have wrapped their, around, wrapped their arms around the woke agenda. I mean, I know, you, I know. You think fixing, mm-hmm. fixing elections for these people is complicated. I think mm-hmm. that, you know, this is yep. child's play. We should indeed be vigilant. Absolutely. Will Democrats cheat? Yes. Um, what is our best strategy in view of that? Two things. One, as we've done here in Texas, as they did in Georgia, and everybody gave them holy you-know-what in Georgia for for making it harder to cheat and easier to to vote legally. Uh, Various states need to shore up their protections against cheating. Uh, And then the rest of it's up to us. It is to show up in significant numbers, as Hugh Hewitt's book once said, if it ain't close, they can't cheat. I mean, they can, but their cheating becomes irrelevant if we simply show up enough. And this is why I had a call today on on my my own show here locally in DFW. Somebody's just kind of slump-shouldered and dispirited, like, oh, man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if uh, if, if, uh, if there's much hope. Look, so I turn it into a math problem. Um, With Democrat cheating likely to continue in some form, hopefully less than it was in 2020, Uh, Does that create a challenge for us? Yes, it does. Um, Makes it uh, harder than it should be on a perfectly level playing field for us to win. What is our likelihood of winning if we give up? Uh, That would be zero. So you pray hard, work hard, vote hard. You don't allow any of this nonsense to weigh you down, to dispirit you, uh, to make you think that it's just not worth it. It will always, always be worth it. We are in uh, Woodland Hills, California. Walter, hey, that's you. Mark Davis in for Dennis. How you doing? Mark, great. Thank you. I love you guys. Hi. In for Dennis. 
But I got to get to this quickly. <clears throat> I I have talked to three of the uh, of the uh, talking heads on KRLA, and each one agrees that we support Ukraine. Each one misses the point that this war is our fault. We made a promise through Bill Clinton in '94, yeah. along with Russia and Britain that we would be their protection when they gave up their nuclear. In no, I, I, I understand. In no, 2012, I, I, no, I understand completely. However, for, for, for the, but that doesn't make it our fault that Putin tried to, to occupy the country. If you want to talk about duplicity and you know, promises made and policies changing, sure, that's, that, that's fine. But uh, that doesn't make it our fault that Putin you know, is, is now ravaging Ukraine. That doesn't mean he gets to do that any more than if you antagonize a neighbor, it makes it okay for him to come, you know, bust out your windows. Mark, you're not listening to me. I'm listening completely, and uh, we obviously disagree. So, with that, let me go ahead. And I, and I love people. It's fine. It's all good. You know, this. And, and listen, there's there's a large. And these are the folks who I don't know. Maybe love the leaker because there's some large truth. I'm incredibly skeptical of the likelihood of success of our Ukraine operation. Um, New Year's Eve, man. New Year's Eve. If it's still a stalemate, we're out. All right. I'm out for a couple of minutes and then uh, back with you on the phones at 1-8-Prager-776. Grab a line. Glad you are here. Happy Friday. One eight Prager seven seven six one eight Prager seven seven six. Very very glad that you are here, Mark Davis. I'm here in for Dennis. Dennis back on Monday. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Davis M A R K Davis. As we head back to your calls, Cole is in Los Angeles. How you doing, sir? Mark Davis in for Dennis. Happy Friday. Thank you, Mark. I'm really hey. happy when you're on the air for Dennis. You're right. Thank you. You're great. Thanks. Uh, I talked to you two or three months ago, Donald Donald Trump. I'll make it brief. Um, I voted for Donald uh, two times, and I, he did some great things. However, he was up against, talk about collusion, the massive collusion between the Democratic Party, the big media, the big corrupt media, corrupt big tech, factions of the, F, you know, the FBI and factions of the government. Right, 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 right. And, you know, like, pardon me? No, I said, right, but so where are we going with this? He said, I voted for Trump twice. Okay, I no, sense no, there's no, a no, but no. there. But. Well, well, yeah, you're right. Basically, there's this massive collusion going on. Mm-hmm. And my take is that a lot of people are over-focused on Donald Trump getting the nomination. And I believe if he gets it, he will lose the general election. Okay, so does this make you so who who would you. So if you if presuming you're interested in a Republican successor to Biden, whom would you like? Definitely Ron Santos. Definitely gotcha. Ron Santos. Okay. So let, let's take a second on this. Um, there are two things that are true of Donald Trump. As, as I say, and I don't mean this to be flippant, because I think it's actually kind of brilliant. <laughs> here's, here's what I mean. There are two kinds of voters that Trump energizes. Conservatives and liberals. And here's what I mean. There is nobody in recent memory who has energized conservative voters like Trump has. It's it's and, and there are folks who cling to that and still think he can do that. And you know what? He might well be able to in the way that he did in 2016. 
It ain't 2016 anymore. We've traveled a lot of miles. Some of them have been very helpful to Trump. Some have not. So one of the key questions is, can he still pull that conservative passion next year that he did when he won in 2016 and in 2020, where he got more votes than he did in 2016, if we're counting? So the way in which he inspires Democrats and liberals, the left, my gosh, they are living for the opportunity to take him down again. They, they will crawl on glass and walk through fire. They will vote for Joe Biden on life support to beat Trump. Um, now, aren't they going to be similarly mobilized to beat any Republican, if it's DeSantis or anybody else? Yeah. I mean, and any no, no matter who we nominate, it's, it's, it's going to be Satan incarnate. It's going to be the evil enemy. It's going to be uh, the, the focus of all uh, Democrat fire and fury. But uh, there is there's just as there is something uniquely about Trump that that stirs passion in conservatives, myself included. There's something about Trump that just drives the left insane. And, and, and it's a compliment to him. It's because of the results. It's because of what he did. Constitutionalist Supreme Court justices, a, a strong border. It's a bit, but I'll tell you what, here's the thing that Trump brings that makes the left hate him with a particular passion is the degree to which he destroyed them reputationally, destroyed the media, destroyed academia, destroyed so many parts of the culture that are so shackled to leftism. Trump came at them with a a fire and fury of his own that was certainly unmatched in any Republican before or since. So I I, I don't know. And, and that's why, I, and here's the good news, is I don't have to figure this out today. I don't need to figure this out n- next month. I don't need to figure this out this year. Talking about the end of the year and, and when 2024 actually arrives, by then the primaries themselves will be on the horizon, and um, and it'll be time for real people to start voting. By then, supposedly Trump and DeSantis will have run against each other for a few months. Others will be you know yipping at our heels uh, as well, and we'll kind of have a really strong stronger sense of who who seems to be our best path toward victory. Because as I've said, I think 12 times today, I'm not pro or anti-Trump. I'm not pro or anti-DeSantis. I have huge respect for both guys. I am pro winning. Whoever strikes me as giving us the best chance of winning, that is where I'm going. All righty. Frank, Mark Davis in Costa Mesa, California. How are you, sir? Nice to have you. Happy Friday. Um, well, thank you, Mark. Hey, I just real I, quick, I just want to say, man, I, I, I dig the cut of your jib, man. I used to catch you back in the aughts on the weekends in Bloomington, Indiana. Thank you. You're you're very kind. Very kind. Thank you. So I just wanted to recall uh, the late, great Rush Limbaugh used to tell a story about this time of year about the unicorn killer, a guy named Ira Einhorn. And he is credited as uh, the inventor of Earth Day. And and, uh, the punchline was that that Ira Einhorn eventually murdered his girlfriend in his apartment and mummified her and put her in the closet, and they found her, and he went to jail for the rest of his life. But the punchline was that more people died in the apartment of the inventor of Earth Day than actual people dying from man-made climate change. And yeah, the, or, the, or, or the ozone layer, or, or acid rain, or any of that. Listen, any invocation of the memory of our friend Rush Limbaugh is welcome, welcome here. Um, 
I tell you, let's do rather than give somebody short shrift. Let's get ready to uh, come down and hug the bottom of the hour break here, and then come back and welcome some more folks. Uh, let's do the plugs. Always go to DennisPrager.com for things Dennis. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Mark Davis uh, there on Twitter, M-A-R-K Davis. Um, you can go to uh, Amazon if you want. Uh, you want me in book form. That's always fun. A couple of things I wrote about my great uh, home state of Texas, Lone Star America. And then a thing I cranked out in 2016 called Upside Down, how the left turned right into wrong, truth into lies, and good into bad. Uh, every word still true. It's a handy-dandy issue guide of why liberals are wrong about virtually everything. So just uh, Mark Davis, Upside Down. Google that, hop on Amazon, and grab that if you wish as well. All right, that ought about do it. Uh, let's come back and do our final home stretch half hour of your thoughts and mine, all commingled in this delicious uh, uh, Salem Radio Network and uh, Salem News Channel. Go to snc.tv and watch the spectacle, which will continue in just a few minutes. Mark Davis in for Dennis. Happy Friday. doing this sweet cover of a Beatles classic. How many, a generational test, how many of y'all are singing along? Let's all get up and dance to a song that was a hit before your mother was born. Your mother should know. A little 67-ish Beatle action. Here in the home stretch of the Dennis Prager Show, Mark Davis, official old guy, <laughs> hanging out, remembering 60s records for you. Oh, my, my, my. Hey, it's all I got, man. It's all I got. Uh, we have a lot of things going on on the phones, though, and, and things going on in the news, too. Let me give you an update on something uh, while we're keeping track of trouble spots, which we should always do. Uh, what the heck is the deal in Sudan? Yesterday, uh, like story about the State Department telling Americans that they should uh, avoid going to Sudan. Well, there went my summer travel plans. I'm sure Khartoum is lovely in August. Uh, but in all seriousness, it is a cluster, and we had, um, hang on, let me check, we had an American citizen die amid the fighting in Sudan, uh, U.S. military repositioning troops in the region, uh, preparing for a possible evacuation of the embassy in the capital city of Khartoum. Um, Sudan's capital is under shelling as warring factions led by two rival generals vie for leadership of the country. I'm sure that's going to go beautifully. So um, I, you know, I, I always want world trouble spots to um, to calm themselves. I want a rule of law to prevail and um, freedom, liberty, uh, you know, uh, democracy, and uh, people charting their own course. Um, there will always be bad people. There will be tyrants. There will be tin horns. There will be author- authoritarians, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I, what do we? What do we all these days, especially? You know, with Ukraine front of mind and and China looming, I, I'll I'll throw you something about China here and Taiwan. I don't want you to drive the car off the road for this, but if if well, let me finish the Sudanese point first. Uh, to what extent is Amer- American involvement should be weighed against the degree to which any particular trouble spot is a direct, and I mean direct, American interest? So. If we stipulate that there is some difference of opinion out there on Ukraine, we we would all love for the Ukrainians to succeed in ushering Putin off of their soil. That would be great. Is it a vital American interest to dump endless billions and endless tanks and jets toward that cause? No. I've taken what I think is a reasonable uh, course here by saying, look, we're there. We're doing things. Let's uh, let's let's. Keep the pedal to the metal, crank it up to 11 for this calendar year. Give Zelensky what, uh, you know, what he asked for and what, you know, they're with, with oversight, plenty of oversight, please. And, um, and let's do it till uh, New Year's Eve. 
You got till December 31st to get uh, get Putin out of Ukraine. If uh, there's success there, hooray. If not, well, time to set everybody down. And achieve. I didn't. I, I guess I didn't define so much what that uh, what that settlement might look like. Maybe those eastern regions, the Donbas. Uh, maybe that just becomes Russia. But that's all. Ukraine gets to keep the rest of the country. Putin will have to be satisfied with that, and Zelensky will have to live with it. Because we ain't going to do two, three, four, five, six, seven, twelve forever. No more forever wars. No, because this is not a vital American interest. Now you're ready for this. Deep breath. Get ready for the debate over whether it is a vital American interest to defend Taiwan. Now this is communist China. We've. I mean, it's almost been a given. Well, if you go after Taiwan, those are our allies. You go after Taiwan, we're in a shooting war with China. Really? I don't I I don't like the idea of letting China absorb Taiwan, you know, making uh, Taiwan uh, just a part of the CCP. I I hate that. Know what I hate more? A shooting war with China. So, and, and you know what I hate most of all? The notion of going through these tensions with a doddering uh, cognitively declining Joe Biden as the commander in chief. Th- these are and maybe that's going to be part of our pitch in 24. These are seriously troubling times. And we need a serious president. And, I, and, and I'll tell you what, we've talked a lot about Trump, DeSantis, Trump, DeSantis, Trump, DeSantis. This can be a big feather in the cap for Trump. Because as we sit here and look ahead to what we're going to need from an American president, it'll be a kind of toughness, a kind of resolve. And it, it, could DeSantis have it? Yeah, maybe. But we don't know because he's never had the job. Guess who has? That would be Trump. And I, I don't want you to ever underestimate the value, the, the contribution to a safer America that you get when, whether it's Putin, whether it's Kim Jong-un, whether it's President Xi, when they think about the American president and they think, dang, I don't know what that guy would do. That's what you want in the Oval Office. That's what you want. Uh, I want to talk to more of you on the phone. We'll do it next. Mark Davison for Dennis. Stick around. Which, of course, means he must be canceled immediately for daring to discuss the uh, virtues of manhood. So this is what's kind of crazy. Manhood is a thing. It is uniquely valuable. Only men can have it. Womanhood is a vital part of humanity. And only women can have it. Only women can be mothers. Only men can be fathers. Uh, There's not just some watered-down definition of parent or birthing person or all of this nonsense. The the genders that God made and that science defines are an invaluable part of human nature. And the left is trying to actually erode. You know, they're not just trying to erode the concepts intellectually at the table of debate. They're trying to actually destroy the tangible parts of what makes maleness and femaleness. I almost wish that somebody could appear... In this audience right now, appear on Earth, boop, start listening to this show right now from some bygone year. Wouldn't have to be 100 years ago. Wouldn't have to be 50. It wouldn't have to be 20. And hear me say the following. You ready? We have in America right now some gender dysphoria. We have some boys who think they are actually girls or want to be girls and vice versa. 
we have parents who are going along with this, with the chemical castration of our boys and so-called top surgery, mastectomies for our teenage girls so that they can go pretend to be boys. We have parents who will go along with this and think that they're doing something gender affirming. We have doctors who will do these grotesque things and call it health care. Now, if you're driving around on April 21st, 2023, it's like, yep, that's what we got. We're going to fight it. We're going to do our best. But can you imagine the heads that would explode if people knew this from not so very long ago, how far we have fallen? And um, that's why we, we, we have work ahead. We have a lot of work ahead. All righty. We're in Glendale, California. Lynn, Mark Davis in for Dennis. How are you? Hi there. Hi, Lynn. Hey, how are you? Hi. Um, fine, thank you. Um, I just wanted to say that um, technically this may not matter, and I know Ron DeSantis has the right to run. Of course, he has every right to run, and I'm a big fan of his, big fan, yeah. and I'll vote for whoever yeah. gets the nomination. But I think it bothers me so much, and I think it bothers a lot of Republicans, the ingratitude of Ron DeSantis. And people can make well, and How, how is he ungrateful? How is he ungrateful? There is no way on God's earth he would have ever gotten the nomination for a Republican governor. No, no, no. I know. I understand. Absolutely. Trump was really important in helping DeSantis win. But how has he been ungrateful? Well, then just to turn and I know I'm, I'm sure you disagree with this, but then to turn around immediately after he gets reelected and basically I think a lot of people feel the way I do. Stab Donald Trump in the back after Donald Trump was responsible. For I, I'm, 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 I'm sorry, Lynn. I'm sorry. How did he stab him in the back? What are you talking by, about? By running against him for the nomination. And I know. Lynn, right are, are you, no, 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 please. Are you telling me that somebody, if, if I support you or you support me, that later on in life I have to shelve my life plans if you're running? That's insane. No, he doesn't have to. I'm just telling you how a lot of people feel. Whether well, well, at, well, no, well, not 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 outside of Trump headquarters, not that's many, not later or, the, or the people who are the already always Trump. But but that that's yeah. just absolutely crazy. I love you so much. It's but not that's later crazy. on in life. It's not later it's, on in life. It's a couple of years later. I I, I know, but that that's I, I love I love you. That that's that's just that's patently insane. And uh, and I love I love Trump, but he kind of suggested it too, didn't he? That it's kind of disloyal. You know, uh, what's he doing running against me? It's called um, America, where everybody gets to run. This notion that the DeSantis had an obligation not to run because Trump had supported him and as, as governor when he first ran. Good Lord, people. Uh, life is interesting. Okay, we are in, ah, I love Knoxville, Tennessee. Randy, Mark Davis in for Dennis. How are you on this Friday? Hey, real good. Thank you, Mark. Hi. I appreciate it. Uh, appreciate my you. Thing with, hey, thanks. Uh, Trump is not beholden to giant money bundlers. Now, you know, DeSantis, and I'm not throwing rocks. I'm just talking. I hope you don't think I'm crazy like you think that poor nice lady that just called. (laughs) Well, then don't don't say anything crazy. (laughs) Go ahead. I'm sorry. (laughs) Hey, thanks. You know, his number one bundler is Ken Griffin. DeSantis I'm talking about. That's I learned this from Sebastian Gorka. He told everybody. I listen to Salem all day long. Uh, I love that. that. Hey, thanks. Uh, that yeah. he said Ken Griffith Griffin was Obama 
and John McCain's number one money bundler. Now, when somebody- I'm going to suggest something to you. I'm going to suggest yeah. something to you and everybody else. Yeah. Uh, if, if I give money to you or I'm helping you, does that mean I does that mean I want you to be president? I guess it does. Does that mean that you automatically agree with everything that I bring to the table? It does not. Here's what you pay attention to: what DeSantis does, what he says, how he governs. Period. Pay attention to those things. Hold him accountable on those things. The only people throwing hissy fits and doing a lot of hand-wringing about DeSantis's bundlers and, you know, whether Jeb once said something nice about DeSantis, I don't care. If other people want to, they can. And I can't tell you how much I love Seb. He's my friend. Uh, but let's put every, Trump, DeSantis, everybody else running. Let's look at what they say, what they've done, what they stand for. Because anything else is, frankly, a little bit of a waste of time. Well, 60 seconds. Greenville, South Carolina. And, John, that's you. you got about 45 seconds. Make it count. Go. Well, listen, sir, I heard you talk about gun control. And, yeah, it sounds good to control mental health and all this and that. But how would you begin? When in the world would we try? I mean, it sounds like a nice broad brush. But what in the world would actually start that? I mean, do you have any suggestions? Well, yeah, sure. And, and they're hard suggestions. And they are, look at our society, look in the mirror, look at how we raise our kids, look at how we care for each other, look at how we do mental health. We do not have a gun problem. We have a humanity problem. We've never had a gun problem in America. You know, in the formative stages of America, families would step over a huge pile of guns to get to the dinner table. We didn't have problems like this. We've always had guns. What we haven't had is as many crazy, dysfunctional people. We have a people problem, and that's harder to solve by definition. So I suggest we start. Mark Davison for Dennis. Be right back. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com.